now proud partner of the Clydesdale Media. This is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. All right, guys, I want to tell you a little bit about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing brand that proceeds of the shirts, the hats, and everything else go to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. This whole t-shirt company started from me taking care of a five-year-old girl from the emergency department at the Children's Hospital I worked at in Atlanta for a while back. Um, I thought I needed to do a little bit more than kind of just talk about my story. So this is how I started the clothing line because I wanted to show people that even though diabetics have this really bad disease, we can still do amazing things in our life and diabetes won't stop, you know, stop us reaching our goals. So go check out type1lifting.com. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, you can always reach me out on Instagram. It's type1lifting and hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor for the type one lifting podcast. The company's called Liberté Lifestyle. So Liberté is a French word meaning freedom. And the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28. So if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, Love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I have had in the past. Uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com. Uh, check out what they have in the store. Use the promo code type one and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. All right, guys, welcome to a new episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a very interesting guest. Um, I've wanted to talk to this guy for a little bit, uh, for a while since the Granite Games, because he honestly looks like one of the dudes from the 300 movie. So uh, it's Tyler uh, Edgeman. Edgeman, sorry. Yeah, you got it. How's everything going? It's going, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Super so cool. um, so I, fa- I, saw, I saw, I don't know, I was like searching on Instagram, and um, I saw a post of you with the dumbbells at the Granite yeah. Games of the show. I was like, God, that dude is so jacked. Like, <laughs> and then uh, I was like, holy cow, this is like unreal. And so that's when I started pretty much following you and yeah. kind of like, you know, seeing your story and stuff like that. And I was doing some research on you and I looked at the CrossFit website and I saw you holding, I, I think it's your son upside down in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before all the CrossFit stuff, like I'm a dad of two. So I like talking to other dads and just kind of seeing what their experience like with their kids are. So um, sure. so how, how old your son? He's five. Okay. Okay, cool. So it, does he have like any favorite shows he likes watching or like, you know, um, what- he, I mean, he is in, he started getting into like uh, superheroes. Okay. Um, so the first, he was Iron Man for probably a year and a half. <laughs> solid <laughs> yeah very cool, he, very was, cool. Uh, he was so into it that he would uh go out into the street and he would stand in the street and wait for cars to come so he could stop them he would like put his hand out and say i'm iron man and he would like try to stop the car i'm like dude you gotta stop this with the iron man. <laughs> you get ran over so yeah. he was super into it and then he just i think he's spider-man now he's been spider-man for like a year and a half Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's everything. Man, shooting webs, everything. Yep. So, yeah. So, does he watch like Spider Man and Amazing Friends? Yeah, he's or, like Spider Friends. Four hundred times. Yeah, yeah. My God, yeah. all the other like uh, PJ Masks and yeah, all those shows. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's like that too. So we actually go, they were into like Spider Man. Like I'm a big superhero dork too. So I kind of like brought it over to those guys but like my daughter has a spider-man costume and so what she would do is like try to jump off the couches and like shoot the spider webs everywhere and stuff like yeah. that so yeah i know i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so yeah, um you're funny so when you when your son was born like what was going through your mind like when he was born um like the um i mean a lot of things i guess it was uh it was, it was pretty cool just uh like have just a little buddy just to grow up with. So that was a, it was a pretty cool, cool day and cool time and still is so awesome. So 
Yeah. Um, so just has your dad or like anybody else in your family that you look up to, like kind of teach you anything that you've brought down to your kid? Um, oh yeah. I had like a growing up with my dad and I had like, I lived around like a bunch of my uncles. Um, so I had like three uncles kind of grew up like really close to me. And so we were all pretty close. And then, um, so yeah, they were all just like really cool, cool guys, hard workers. They had like, my dad was a police officer and is in the military and my uncle's a life flight nurse and my other uncle, uncle's like in the FBI. And, um, so they have like kind of these iconic, cool jobs. I always thought were like, you know, tough guy, cool jobs, but they were also like super down to earth. They're always outside doing stuff, doing projects, working. And so just try to like bring that to, uh, to my kid's life. Just always doing fun stuff and trying new things. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, I see, I see you take your son to like hiking and like take him to the gym and stuff like that. So is he like one of those kids that like loves like swinging off the ropes and like hanging off the rings or anything like yeah, that? He has an impressive amount of energy. It's like, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he wakes up in the morning and you kind of joke about like, he'll wake up and he starts talking like I, before he even opens his eyes, he'll start talking about what he's doing and what's going on. And, wanted to play and he will not stop playing if you don't let him for like the whole entire day so he'll yeah. wake up playing and he'll go to bed and like be crying that he has to go to bed and can't play anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i think i think that's every kid yeah definitely that, that's every kid because my my kids are like that they just want to like run around and then like when they go to bed they just lose their mind and so with my daughter when i put her to bed um like with my son i literally just read him a book and then he just goes to bed no problem. Yeah. But my daughter is a whole different story. Like you put her to bed and I try to put her to bed, but she's like, no, I want mommy. So mommy like sings her a song and kind of makes her stay up a little bit longer. So that's, that's, how, that's why she wants mommy so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm that like, I'm like, just go to bed. Like, is there, is there enough Benadryl in here? Just to like, knock you guys out. Just, just go to sleep. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I always think he's going to get tired. We'll go out like on a long hike and we'll like, go swimming and we'll go to the gym and work out and do all these things. I'm like, he's got, he's going to be tired for sure. He's going to fall asleep. Nope. Not tired. Just full energy. I, I think he might've, he might've gone into your pre-workout like every day, I, every single day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what, what are, what are some of the things you're, you're looking forward to as a dad when he gets older? Um, well, like a little bit of my, a little bit of my story. Um, couple years ago I got divorced um so I don't live with him anymore which has been pretty tough um but I think just looking for the future I like last couple of years I've been thinking a lot about like what kind of memories I thought were really valuable for like with me and my dad and the things that I remember and grew up with and I think just like those times that Cause like he was working a lot and we were, you know, those kind of days just kind of blend together and they, uh, they don't really stick out in your memory, mm -hmm. but times are like, we went on a backpacking trip, like to Southern Utah or, you know, we went like on a mountain biking trip or, um, you know, like when times like I could spend time with my dad one-on-one -on -one and we went out and did something really cool and got to spend like a lot of time together. Um, so that was like kind of those foundational moments or like periods of time for me where I really remember like every day and what we did. So I just want to like recreate that for my son, just to be able to have those times where it's like, all right, this is our time. And we're going to like, we're going to go somewhere for a week and we're going to go, go backpacking or we're going to go do this thing and like create some cool memories together. So, yeah. 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 And you know, I've always learned that you think there's always enough time, but there's like never, never enough time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because like I, my dad passed away like a couple weeks ago, and so, oh, and so like it's it's okay. Um, I mean, he had Parkinson's dementia. It was dementia. And it was like it was pretty bad. But um, you think like you have enough time, but then like you know, you kind of. I was kind of. I had to put things off because of COVID and everything like that. Didn't really help out. And like he's like you know with his Parkinson's and all that stuff. He was getting sick. Like he, I didn't want to get him sick, and so we we're like putting everything off and off and then like finally when the time like he broke his hip and went to the icu i came down and then like he said i loved you to like the last like the last day he was actually talking 
And then and that was it. And like, you always think like, you wish you had more time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's crazy. That's a crazy story. Yeah. It's like, cause like, I'm like, oh, I could have like, you know, instead of going here, I could have just, you know, gone to Massachusetts where I'm originally from and just like see him and like hang out with the family and stuff. But you know, it just like, you always put stuff in the back burner, but like, I mean, I mean, thank goodness for like video FaceTiming and stuff like that. So, I mean, that kind of helps out a little bit, but you don't have like the, you know, don't give them a hug goodbye or like, Hey, good morning, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It was, it's wild to think like any time could just be the last day mm -hmm. that whether either you're around or someone else is around and you just never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely puts it in perspective when you think about it like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So enough about me. Let's talk a little bit more about you. So, right. um, so obviously you're in the CrossFit space, but, um, what was your childhood like growing up? And like, I, I know I, I, you originally from Idaho. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Idaho. Okay. So what, what, how, like I've never been to Idaho. So what was it like growing up in that state? Uh, where, where do you live right now? Oh, I live, I live in Georgia right now, but I'm originally from okay. Massachusetts. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, Idaho is a, uh, it's a pretty cool place. I guess it's not like, uh, anything too glamorous. It's pretty, there's not a lot of people there. First of all, mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, the whole state has like, probably get strong like a million people or something so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a big place and not a lot of people yeah um i grew up in a town like i mean it was like normal size sixty thousand people or something like that mm -hmm. nothing nothing too big um i was homeschooled my whole life so i grew up um with two brothers i had two brothers and two sisters and my mom homeschooled all of us through all the way through school um and at the time and even now i think it was awesome it was super cool Cause we got to like kind of guide what we wanted to learn and mm -hmm. we got a lot of, do a lot of cool stuff. And in the winter time, like when it was snowing, um, like it was Wednesday and we got a good snow day. We were just going skiing and we nice cool on Saturday, you know, like yeah, yeah. day so we could go do something cool. Um, so that was fun, but yeah, Idaho is, uh, it gets like the, the Idaho potato, like everyone's a farmer. So I was not a farmer at all, <laughs> one time. but, uh, I grew up in the mountains. So we did a lot of, um, I raced mountain bikes a lot growing up when I was like a teenager, we skied a lot. Um, it's a lot of outdoor stuff. It's pretty mm -hmm. much all we did. Yeah. Um, did you do a lot of hunt hunting too? I didn't never really got into hunting that much. Okay. I don't really know why. Cause Idaho is like pretty iconic for hunting, mm -hmm. but my, my family just wasn't really into it and so i just never my brother kind of did he got into hunting but we never did i wish i would have sounds cool now but i never never really did yeah like so. get this like big old elk or like some big buffalo and you could like have so much meat for like months and months know, and months sounds, sounds awesome i need to yeah. get into it again for sure I need to get into it sometime my brother yeah. kind of got into it and um because we would have like we lived up in the mountains so we'd have moose like walk by our house all the time and we have deer everywhere and uh my brother like the first day of hunting season he got his tag for his deer and he's like all right guys he woke up in the morning came downstairs and had his gun he's like all right, i'm gonna go out and just like walk around and see because it's the first day so i want to like go hunt so he walks out the front door and about five minutes later he comes back <laughs> yeah we're like you weren't gone very long. What's up? And he's like, well, I just walked over the hill and there was a deer. So I shot it. <laughs> I'm getting the four there and we will pick it up. Like, Man, I'm kind of sad because my hunting season's over now. Yeah, exactly. I would have waited a couple days. I know, I'm like, you shot the first thing you saw, but, um, yeah, that was kind of where I grew up just up in the mountains. So it was fun. It's cool. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, when, when did you first know about CrossFit? Um, man, it's probably. I was, I think I was in, I went to college for like a year in Southern Utah when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, so while I was down there, my dad sent me this article that he found. It was 2000, would have been 2011, I believe. Um, so he sent me this article it was titled, what is CrossFit? And, um, or like what is, and it was like Greg Glassman's original, you know, what is fitness Yep. article. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just read through it and I was already working. Out. I was going to the gym. It's like, I was going to gold's gym and doing bench press and typical bro sesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every day. Yep. And, uh, so I read that and thought it was really cool. 
and just the idea of like because i'd always watch like the movies of like like batman and uh like the last samurai movies like that where they had like these training montages and they were like building these warriors yep um, and i thought i just always thought that was so cool i'm like that is so cool i just want to train like that it's so cool um and i read the article and it just talked about being able to do everything and being able to be good at everything mm-hmm. like run a 5k and you can lift weights and you can do muscle ups and i'm like that is cool i want to be like batman <laughs> so <laughs> that's what i started doing and i nice. remember yeah i think i did like one of the first workouts i did was fran oh it took me 15 minutes <laughs> I was doing like these strict pull-ups and doing thrusters like two at a time or something mm-hmm. and uh finished and i was like man that was a good workout and i got on crossfit.com and looked up like the times like wonder how fast people are doing this workout and i think chris spieler is like 205 or something at the time yeah like, what in the world like how is this possible how are they doing this in two minutes so that kind of got me hooked yeah so um after that workout were you like you i obviously you got hooked but like when did you really want it to like push it a little bit harder to get to like maybe get on like the leaderboard or anything like that, like to try to match up with like the other elite athletes. Yeah, it's so long ago, but I think I just remember doing like starting to lift some weights and starting to like, and I came back home from college for the summer. And I remember like, it was, it was almost my birthday. And I thought, all right, for my birthday, I'm either going to buy myself a barbell or find a CrossFit gym. And I thought I'm like, there's no way there's a CrossFit gym. And, my town mm-hmm. it's all pretty new and like no one knows what crossfit is and <clears throat> i googled crossfit and the gym popped up oh nice um and it just opened like the month before so brand new first crossfit gym in the town and um so i was like oh sick i guess i'll go check this out and uh i went down there and there was no like no one knew what crossfit was so most days i was like the only person in class and uh, it was just like me and these two brothers that started this gym. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just loved doing it. And then I started, started doing these workouts and lifting. And I started seeing what other people were lifting and like th- their workout times. And I was like, oh, like I am lifting more than them. And I'm doing these workouts just as fast as they are. Like some mm-hmm. of them, the ones I'm good at. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I can like. I should be able to compete with these guys. Um, and yeah, that's kind of when I started like thinking I wanted to, like, I remember I got my first friend was 14 minutes. And then after like a few months, I was like two thirty, and I was like, Oh God, that's good. I can, I can do this. And then I've got like a 400 pound front squat. Like most of these can't front squat 400 pounds. Like I can do this. So yeah. I just started like one thing after another. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. So have you been naturally strong like your whole life pretty much? Yeah, I think like my conditioning has always sucked. I don't know why. But, like that's always my my limiter. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not a good runner. If I have to breathe hard at all, I just die. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I got into like, I don't know how many months in. Yeah, I could, I could front squat 400 pounds. I... Uh, I mean, my lifting technique was terrible for super long because no one knew how to lift. Like we mm-hmm. were just doing snatches and cleaning jerks and no one knew what they were doing. So we were just throwing weights over our head. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, could snatch, like, I could snatch like 200 pounds just kind of starting out. And so, you know, I think that just gave me the confidence to get into it a little bit. Awesome. So were, like, were you like in that gym like all day almost like? Yeah, yeah I would go. I would go in the morning. Um, Cause I had work. So I would go in the morning, like at to like the 6am class and I would do the, do the Metcon and they're always just stupid. They were like crazy workouts cause <laughs> we just write our own workouts and they were crazy. Just, <laughs> like, looking back now, I'm like, why did, what were we doing? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I go like at six o'clock in the morning and then I would go to work and all day at work, I would just think about the workout. I'm like, I'd, I definitely can go faster. I know I can go faster. And then I go back at night, like at 6 p.m. and do the workout again and go faster. And I just do that every day. Mm-hmm. So I do the workout twice a day, every day, five days a week. 
that's just what I did for a while. Yeah. I think, I think back in the CrossFit days, like when it was just like relatively like in its infancy, I think everyone thought that they needed to like literally like run through a brick wall, like every single day for a workout. And they didn't realize like, maybe we should slow down or maybe we should just like take breathers here. There. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. I mean, I, even me as a personal, a former personal trainer, like all my clients were like, I, I want to go through a brick wall all the time. And I'm like, yeah. you really do not want to do that. So we're going to like take it easy a little bit today. And they're like, no, I want to go through a brick wall. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. That's like, good. But yeah. yeah. That was the mentality. Then it was like, you just go hard always. Like mm-hmm. every workout was for as fast as possible. I think anytime you lifted, it was, you just max out no matter mm-hmm. like you just go as heavy as possible every time. Yeah. So, who, like, who cares yeah. if you're like stupid sore and just, just go for it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, like not a lot of like practicing or like actual training. <laughs> just crush yourself. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> this one workout we did, uh, it was 150 back squats at 135 for time. Oh, um, which then was like, pretty significant weight like that's pretty heavy yeah uh, i mean it still is terrible but i remember like i was legitimately sore for 10 days like i remember like a week later trying like i couldn't walk well because my legs were so sore mm-hmm. just stuff like that constant like we do like 50 rope clamps for time and we'd like do we do like we just sit down and write up like four or five workouts we like thought were cool and we just do them all we just do all five workouts <laughs> It was crazy. <laughs> I'm a little smarter since then. But. Yeah. I, I can't ima- I can't imagine after those back squats, you're like looking down the flight of stairs and you're like, how am I gonna make it down here? Brutal. Yeah, that's <laughs> happened to me a bunch of times. Like my quads that were so sore, and I'm like, I'm holding my 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 son at the time. He I think it was like three or three or two or three, and I'm like holding him and I'm trying to go down the stairs and I'm like, okay, let's just sit on the stairs and just like just like go step by step down there. Cause I'm like, there's no way I can be able to walk and hold you at the same time. Yeah. It's crazy. We've gotten <laughs> smarter over the years, I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah. A little bit better. And so, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, what, did you start coaching there as well? Um, I started, so I, um, was raised a Mormon. Mm-hmm. So I went on a mission to long beach, California for two years. So I kind of, when I started CrossFit, I got into it a little bit just for like a few months. And then I went on a mission for two years. Um, basically like my schedule there was, I would wake up at six 30 in the morning and I'd have from six 30 to seven to or six 30 to seven 30 to work out, um, eat breakfast and get, get ready for the day. So from like eyes open in the morning to an hour later, you had to be like ready to go. Um, so the, like working out was pretty much non-existent where you like ran a little bit, lifted a little bit of weights, didn't go to the gym for anything for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got back from that just super out of shape. And I, I think I left weighing like 185. And in the middle of that two years, I was got up to like 212. Um, and then when I got back, I lost some weight and it was got back into like CrossFit. So as soon as I got back from that, when I was 21, I like said, like, all right, I really want to try to compete. And so I jumped into like training and competing. Um, and that's when I started coaching was when I got back from there. Mm -hmm. Um, I got like my L1 and started coaching classes. Cool. Very cool. So, um, did you follow like a certain program in the beginning or did you just follow your gym's program? Man, what did we remember what we followed? I think we did. I think we were on Invictus for a little while when I first kind of started mm-hmm. was, uh, it was a lot. I remember just being like, they wrote like six hour programs. Like you had to be in the gym all day. Um, so I think that's what we started out doing. And then I think we'd like kind of, we did some like comp train and those are kind of like the main, there was like Invictus comp train and probably like Bruce strength were like the, the big ones. Yeah. 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 So uh, very cool. Yeah. So, um, after you were the coaching there for a while, um, 
like obviously like other coaches have different styles of coaching. So what, what was, what's your style of coaching? I mean, it's developed a lot over the years and it's changed yeah. a lot as I've like learned more about what I'm doing. And, um, I just kind of approach it like, man, I just think about it like what I would want to do. So basically like when the members come to the door, if I think, think like, okay, if I'm coming to the door right now and taking this class, like, how do I want to warm up and what do I want to know about this workout and what's going to be like helpful for me to get better and how am I like, what do I need to like have a good time and have fun and want to come back tomorrow? Um, so I just kind of think about that. And I think that's really helped me like figure out my pattern of doing things in the class. Um, yeah. And then just, I think I've been doing it for so long and like watching so many people, you kind of just get this, um, kind of like this sixth sense of like what people, like you can see it in their eyes. Like yep. if they have a question or if they're not quite sure what they're going to do next, or like if something's actually heavy or if it's too light or like you can start to see these things. Um, so I think that just takes, that just takes time and like paying attention, but it's cool to like kind of get into a groove where you feel like you can actually like help a class of like 10 people all have a good experience um, and kind of get what they need out of it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Especially when the ones that like look at the wall for like 20 times, the white wall be like, is that right, the word? Okay. Board, and they, they kind of like half walk away and you're like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I've and seen those plenty of times. It's like, it's all, always, always that they get the double look and walk away and then just turn back around. Like, like, I don't I didn't read. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Didn't I'm like, Okay. Well, like, what, what do you need? What do you need? Like, do we need to scale something or whatever? Yeah. I'm pretty, and I'm pretty, uh, I'm a pretty chill person. I'm not very loud. I'm not a, I'm not a cheerleader. Um, I just kind of help people, you know, try to decide to try to help move a little bit better, but I'm definitely not like the hype man. There's people at the gym that are super awesome. They're like the hype man. Like you come to their class and you're going to get fired up like to work mm -hmm. out, but it's not me. Like, <laughs> You want to get super fired up, like go take his class because that's just not not my personality. But yeah, yep. sometimes I wish it was. Sometimes I was like, man, I wish I'd get people fired up, but just not. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little while. I mean, it took me a while to get there. So yeah, but I mean, I I, I yell all the time. Like I well, when I, when I was personal training, I would yell and get people all excited and stuff like that. Even the people that weren't even in my class or like training, they yeah. they could definitely hear me from across uh, the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, what is he doing? So. Yeah. So, um, you, you live in California right now. So when, yeah. when did you move for, from Idaho to California? Uh, about two years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So is that when you were like, um, what was the reason for, for the move? Um, mostly the, I got, when I got divorced, I moved out here. So that was like the big, big change transition in my life and everything in the last two years. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, uh, the first year that you were there, and you got like a, you got a, a, worked at the gym. And so what, what was it like, you know, training at, you know, Idaho compared to California? What, what was like the whole atmosphere, like the coaching style, like, and like, even, even like the, you know, the people that are taking your classes, like. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty, as you can imagine, very, very different uh, group of people. The, the gym that I was started coaching at and coaching at still Paradiso CrossFit. Um, and here is just pretty big. Like they have two gym locations. One of them has I mean, this total of like 600 members, I think, or something like that. That's insane. So going from like our gym in Idaho, like our biggest class was maybe like 12 people. And that was, you know, it's like one time a day. Um, come down here and there's like consistently classes of like 25 people. Like, so you're, just the group management became much bigger part of it. Um, I mean, I was like fairly experienced at times, so I knew what I was doing, but yeah, I think that was like the main thing, just like the number of people coming through the door mm -hmm. and then just like, all right, how do you like remember like probably three to 400 people's names? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like good luck remembering all these people. And then there's new people just cycling through constantly. So you're always like, okay, is this a new person? Are they brand new? Are they, it's like their first time. There's tons of drop-ins all the time. So it's like, 
right? You have three drop-ins, you have two brand new people that have never done CrossFit. You have 12 members that have been coming for years. Like that kind of dynamic was like pretty challenging for mm -hmm. a while. So yeah, still, yeah, I mean, it's always challenging. But. Yeah. I, I can't imagine your first class when you had like 25 people in there. You're like, what the hell is like, what? Like oh eyes were blown up. They're like, okay, yeah, we got eight squat racks and ten rowers and twenty-five people. So you have to like <laughs> change workouts and like partner people up, and you know, it's a it's a job, but it's yeah. fun. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is. It's always an event. I I, I think of it always as a, as a a new adventure, like every single day. Yeah, you just never know what's yep. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> always something, something always different. Something always different. So um. But uh, you you've actually been to the semifinals, and I think um, the I re sorry regionals and semifinals. Yeah, um, I think it was like 2018. You went to reach the um, the South Regional. Was that I, I think I'm correct? Um, yeah, I think. Let's see if I remember. Uh, 17 2017. I went to the North. I think it was the Northwest Regional mm -hmm. or the West Regional. Maybe I don't remember when they split them. I think it was just like the West Super Regional at that point. Okay. Um, yeah. I was in Portland, Oregon. That was the year there was like no, there was no barbells. It was like all of a sudden there was no barbells in CrossFit anymore for like a year. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. So, so what was it, what was it like when you got the invitation to go to regionals for you? Um, it, was, it was like something, it was a goal I had for a long time. Um, and so it was, I mean, it was super cool. I remember finishing, it was, uh, what was it? Oh, it was the 10 rounds of double unders and thrusters, like nine thrusters, 35 double unders, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the last week workout of the week. And I did it once and I just knew my time wasn't good enough because I knew I could see the leaderboard mm -hmm. and I was pretty close to the cut line. I mean, I was, I think I was like a spot out or something like that. I was in like 23rd place. Um, and so I knew I had to do it again. I knew I had to go and broken on everything. Like I couldn't mess up my double unders one time. And so yeah, I did that workout and did it perfectly. Like didn't mess up my double unders, everything I'm broken as fast as I possibly could. Um, so I was pretty stoked about that. Just kind of knowing, knowing like, okay, like I did as much as I possibly could. Now I'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm still outside the cut line by like two spots. So it took, I think it took a while. It was like two weeks um, after the open. And then I got, enough people dropped out or didn't or went team or whatever and got my invite. It's pretty cool. I was pretty excited. I was super excited to be able to go to regionals. So yeah. What what was the whole atmosphere for you like with your first, you know, regionals? And they seen all these like star athletes and stuff like that. Like were you like were you start struck at like any time during the whole, you know, I've never regional? I've never been like I don't know. I've never been like a uh celebrity person. Like I don't follow anybody. Like I could care less if I met most people like I'd be like, there's like three people in the world that I think would be cool to meet. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't like that, but I think I came in, um, like I was literally like I had number 40 on my arm, like there's 40 athletes and I was number 40. Like I was the very last guy mm -hmm. to qualify. Um, and I finished the first workout and got like 11th place out of 40. And I was like, Oh hell yeah. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, you know? Yep. I just thought like, oh, these guys are all like so fit. And like I've I've seen them all on Instagram and they're gonna crush me. And I and I beat most of them. And I was so I was like, that was probably cooler than even qualifying for regionals. Was after that first workout, realizing like, oh, I can beat these guys. Like they're not that fit, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're all very fit, but well, yeah, not yeah. That much fitter than I am. Yeah, pretty pretty much you're thinking like, okay, you know, I I can hang with these guys. And so, yeah. you know, this is like super cool. And, um, and I know in 2018, um, I think, did you place, I, I was, I, I don't know, like the, the whole CrossFit website's like all jacked up. So if I get the numbers wrong, like I, I, I apologize for that. Um, okay. so for, for the year after that, um, after you finished that regional, were you like, okay, I need to like step it up a little bit more to actually like make it higher up and maybe podium. Yeah, I think I finished like 11th place overall in 17. And um, so I definitely gave me like came in, la came in last place to start the week weekend, finished 11th. So that kind of gave me a lot of confidence. Like, all right, I can 
train hard this year and I can mm. make it, you know, yeah. to the game, which is it's always the goal. Um, and then, so yeah, I trained super hard that year. Like that was definitely like my hardest year training and put a, like, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do really well and like do everything right. Mm. And I went to regionals in 18 and got, um, sixth place. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's what, I, that's what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So I came in like top, I think I came in like top 10 going into the weekend. I think I was mm -hmm. like nine or something. Um, and at that point, like, okay, I like, I know I compete better. Like I have a really hard time with qualifiers and like doing stuff in my gym. But when I show up on a competition floor, like I compete really well, mm -hmm. I feel much better. I can, like, I, I feel like I can beat these guys. And so like, but getting sixth place was like pretty crushing. Um, cause I put so much into it and like, was so the weekend was so, so stressful. Um, and, and then like the middle of that year, everything in CrossFit changed. It was like, I can't remember if that was when like Glassman left, maybe it was a little bit later. No, that was just, they changed the format. Yeah. So all of a sudden it went from like regionals to like the open didn't really matter. And it was like all, so suddenly it was like all these uh, sanctional events. And so that was kind of like the change of the season. So, yeah, that was, that was the one where like, I think it was uh, Patrick Veller didn't know how he got in. He was like, I think it was the open, but I think it was Wadapalooza or I think yeah. it was like this. And so it was like a big cluster. Cause like no one really knew what it was and how to yeah. like process. But, um, but yeah, so, and I think, and then I saw you at the Mac, uh, was it like this, was it two years ago? Right. And um, you, you play six there again. Yeah, play six so there. Was that, was that pretty crushing as well? Or um, That was not as crushing. I mean, I was pretty stoked about that actually. Mm -hmm. There was like, there was that in between like 18 and what was, what was that, 20, 21? So I mm -hmm. guess it was two years of, man, I don't even remember. Well, the first year I went to Wadapalooza, it was like the sanctional event or whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called. Some sanctional <laughs> event. I didn't yeah, really yeah. Matter. That year, like got bottom five or something, just blew up. Um, and then the next year I was qualified. I was feeling great. I was qualified for Mac. I was qualified for um, west coast classic mm -hmm. i was qualified for one other i think um and then COVID hit so like i was literally like a week away from going to west coast classic and then just all just fell apart you know mm -hmm. um and i don't even think i yeah obviously didn't even compete that year didn't do anything that that, um, that must have been super hard for you because you were like training so hard and then all of a sudden you're like ready to rock and roll and then all of a sudden COVID hit. And then like, you're, were you thinking like, Hey, this whole year was like a waste at all. Or yeah, it was, I mean, it was tough. Cause on the one hand, like I knew it was like, everyone was going through it. I wasn't like, Oh, it's just me. Like, you know, I didn't get like kicked out of West coast class. It was like the event just didn't happen. So, mm -hmm. um, so like logically I was like, Oh yeah. It's like, this is just what it is. And everyone's going through it. Um, so I can't feel bad for myself that I like, can't go compete because, you know, the whole world shut down essentially at this point. Yep. Um, but like emotionally, I think that was tough just to put so much time and effort into something and then like really have, and just feel like you're so close and then just have it kind of taken away from you. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a tough time. Like trying to like find some reason to train because I'm like, I have no idea when I'm going to compete again or do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to find some motivation to go to the gym was pretty tough. Um, I just remember like trying to go work out and just be sitting there like, why am I even working out right now? Like <laughs> my whole motivation to train always has just been not always, but it kind of gradually became like just to compete. Mm -hmm. So if like, I'm not competing, why am I even, what am I doing here? And um, yeah, that was, I mean, it was tough. Yeah. I mean, so. even for, even for me too, for actually for anybody, like, it's like, there's, there's so many zoom, you know, classes you can take and be like, okay, this is getting a little ridiculous. Like literally yeah. you have a coach just sitting there watching you guys, like watching yeah. everybody work out. It's just like, and I get a bunch of the coaches. It's like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this, but like, yeah, yeah there was, 
there was a couple times that I was like, all right, I, I got to, you know, just like kind of half-ass a workout. And I was like, okay, I guess it's good enough. I was super lucky because I lived in Idaho, so they're pretty chill about everything COVID anyways. And then also had, um, I coached the gym, so I had access to the gym all the time. So we, we took like, I mean, I, we were only shut down for like six weeks or something short. Um, but the whole time, like I was able to train and while everyone else was like locked in their houses all over the world, we were like, had this 10,000 square foot gym facility all to myself and I was just working out. So yep. yeah. it was kind of awesome at the same time. It was cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, so the, obviously the Mac, you play six and then, um, you got, you went into the granite games, uh, this past year. So was that like one of the first spots you wanted to go to, or were there like any other places that you wanted to go first? Um, so like the first year of semifinals, they kind of gave you like a, they gave you your choice. So you had like, you could put in like your top, I think it was four, like four events, right? Yep. Um, so you could put in like, okay, this is my first, second, third, fourth choice. And going into the second year, the idea was that it was going to be the same, like that format was going to be okay. You qualify the better you do in the uh, quarterfinals is where you're like, they'll seed you from there. Mm-hmm. And then you also get a like preference that didn't happen at all. Um, like CrossFit basically just took that and said, all right, we'll just put you wherever we want to put you. And we'll try to separate out some of like the big dog, like games athletes, but everyone else like essentially just got put randomly. So mm-hmm. no, that was not my first choice at all. So was it West Coast that you wanted to go to first or? Um, yes, I think, I don't even know if. Was it even open? West Coast didn't even happen. No, no. But the first year, yeah. Yeah. The first year was Mac was my first choice because I kind of knew their programming. Not like their actual programming, but like previous years. And I knew it was like very CrossFit-y, um, very simple. And I was like, I'm, I know I'm good at that stuff. So. That was my first preference and I ended up going there. And then this last year, my first preference would have been, um, probably would have been Mac again, cause it was such an awesome event. Like they did such a, such a good job. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to Mac last year, um, it was impressive to me. Like they did such a good job. It was ran really perfectly and those guys can put on a really good event. And then the following weekend I went to, my girlfriend's event at granite games and uh not to throw them under the bus or anything but it was terrible like mm-hmm. very poorly ran event um so i was like i do not want to go to granite games because it was terrible um, <laughs> I ended up going to granite games <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should have just shut your mouth on that one i know i shouldn't say anything <laughs> on someone else yeah i think you like the mac because of the torque tank oh yeah for sure <laughs> no, the torque tank was was terrible too <laughs> where i was listening to a podcast and i think they were talking about like the torque tank there's like there's no way to get ahead of a person in front of you w- when you're using the torque tank there's like it's impossible yeah yeah and there's no like yeah there's all these things that like from a viewer's perspective you don't kind of like you don't notice mm-hmm. or when you sit down like backstage with all the athletes there's a lot of things that um like get brought up about the event or about workouts and I'm sure like this last year at the games, like this last CrossFit games, that was a, probably a big thing. Um, Cause a lot of that like conversation, I don't think really gets out that much. So you yep. hear athletes talking and even like big name CrossFit athletes saying stuff about the event or about workouts, but that will never really get out. Cause it will like hurt their image mm-hmm. or whatever they have sponsors or they just don't want to like put any energy into it, which is, which is cool. But yeah, stuff like that, like the torque tank, like, I can't, I can't think of a single person who's like, oh yeah, the torque tank's a great piece of equipment. Everyone's like, <laughs> why are we doing this thing? It's so dumb. Like yeah. no matter how fat hard I can push a sled, I can't push this torque tank any faster than it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Like it just is what it is. Yeah. But, so, so you have to like slowly walk it just to even like, walk it. everyone just walks the torque tank and then when you're done walking, you go do whatever you're going to do next. So yep, exactly. the sled actually at, um, at Granite Games was very different because they put like these skis on it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember. I remember that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was actually like legit. That was tough. Yeah. 
Okay, very cool. Yeah, I, I do remember. I do remember seeing that. Yeah, that. Yeah, those. Yeah, that looked horrible. Yeah, it was. Man, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> so, um, what was your expectations going into Granite Games? Um, I've had like again like really high expectations. At this point, like I've been doing CrossFit for know, like nine years or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of like. I mean, it sounds like self-demeaning, but it's like, I know, like, I'm not Matt Frazier. Like, I'm not, like, going to the games and going to win five times in a row or anything. Like, it would be really cool if I end up at the game sometime by some luck and some fitness and whatever. But, like, for whatever reason, my lifestyle, you know, my fitness level, my capacity, whatever it is, like, probably not going to be, like, a high-end competitive athlete for years. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, like, tough to accept at first but once you kind of accept that then you're like all right what's my real reason for training and working out and then you can kind of build from there so uh, i think going into the grant going into granite games like i finished maybe like top 25 or something in north america in quarterfinals mm -hmm. um and so i was feeling great i was like i right, had top 25 in this online qualifier and only like five or six of these guys at the event actually beat me in the qualifier. So I think I have a pretty good shot of like passing some of those guys and getting a top five spot. And I showed up at the event and uh, yeah, the first workout was that thruster handstand walk one. And I got like two sets in and just, I couldn't feel my arms and my legs just felt like bricks. And I was like, man, I just probably just came out too hot. Like I'll be fine. Just got to, push through this event so i finished that event didn't do too well um and that just didn't go away i just the uh, rest of the weekend especially that i think it was the first event of the second day um like i was in the lane right next to chandler smith and we did our did our sit-ups our ghc sit-ups we did our wall balls and we did a bunch of overhead squats and i got back to my second and we got back to those muscle-ups and I got like halfway through the muscle ups and just was so dizzy. I just like was holding on to the rig and everything was kind of moving. I was trying not to fall over. And mm -hmm. for the rest of the weekend, it felt like awful. Every workout was just a grind and felt like my legs were full of bricks and just slow and heavy. So yeah, it was just a rough weekend. Didn't feel too great. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. I mean, even look at Chandler Smith. He had a breathing yeah, issue that, that no one knew. Yeah, but, I don't even know what really happened to him. I never really heard. But I'm assuming he was sick or something. Yeah, he was, he was so, doing rough. so I think so. The, I watched the Buttery Bros movie that they 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 did on him. It's on YouTube, and yeah. I guess he has like asthma. He's had asthma like even in the military. And what he would do is like he'd have asthma attacks in the military and push himself even harder to kind of like so he won't get like di medically discharged from the military. And I right. guess like one of these asthma attacks just like flared up. And he just couldn't recover. Like he couldn't recover from the asthma attack the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Which you could tell like he would finish events and he would just like, he was like passed out on the ground, just dying all mm -hmm. the time. Um, so I'm sure that was pretty rough, but we were like, for some, whatever reason, we were like next to each other the whole weekend. Like he was in the lane next to me for whatever reason, um, the whole time. So yeah, we were like just dying together out there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys talk at all? Uh, not a whole lot, no. Okay. Um, guys are, I mean, the guys are pretty chill, but most, like, because everyone's in, like, competition mode. Mm -hmm. So, like, just don't talk a lot usually. The only yeah. time you see people, like, when you're warming up or when you crowd, and it's, like, pretty high stress, so everyone's just kind of standing around. There's always, like, one dude who's joking around and super lighthearted. Everyone else is just quiet. Yeah, yeah. So one of the athletes there got popped for PEDs. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but like, what are your thoughts on, I mean, people popping with, for PEDs in the CrossFit space? I mean, I've gone through the whole, like, um, on the one hand, you have like this image of competitive CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you want to be competitive, then you, if you want to be competitive, you have to like, ex, 
you have to assume that no one or very few people are doing performance dance and drugs. Because if they are, then to be able to compete against them, you have to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's this thing where it's like, all right, I don't want to think that like everyone's on PEDs because then it kind of, then it just undervalues everything we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And also makes like my efforts kind of worthless. Like I can train as hard as I possibly can. And unless I start taking steroids, I'm never be able to compete with them. So if that's your mentality, you've like already quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's just a reality of sport. Like there's not a sport on earth that people aren't taking drugs. They shouldn't be taking. And so I don't know how prevalent it is among CrossFitters. Like I know there's definitely people that take them. It's, I mean, obviously, but is it everyone? I don't think so. I think it's just some people. And I think it's generally probably like up and comers. Cause I think that a lot of like up and comers who are looking at these, you know, Matt Frazier, Patrick Bellner think like, man, to be able to like get to that level, I have to do something else. Cause I'm working really hard and doing all this stuff. I'm going to have to like do something else to compete with these guys who I think not, I, but like if they think they're on steroids, you gotta do steroids. So, mm-hmm. well, that was, that was one of the guys that talked to, he was on the Savon podcast and I think Nick, Nick Joel, I think it was named that got uh-huh. popped. And he was like, I just got sick and tired of like placing down, like placing in, in a lower level. So I was just like sick and tired of it. And I was like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to do it just yeah. to get to the higher level. And obviously like, yeah, it might have been great in the beginning, but you know, is it is it really worth it? I mean, yeah. you're you're not making that much money at CrossFit anyway. Yeah, this is all, that was always my thought. Is like, why would you like if you did take steroids and get into the games and even win the CrossFit games and get away with it? Yeah, and you're still making like after taxes. What are you making from the CrossFit games? Not very much. Maybe um, half of what you're getting yeah, taken home. Maybe. And then you could end up like Ricky Garrard, and you know have four years where you just can't compete, which is not, I mean, I just don't think it's worth it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you were making, it would make more sense to me if you were like winning the CrossFit games and making $10 million, like, yeah, right. There's enough money in it that it's worth like getting a doctor and doing all the stuff you can do to cheat the system. Um, but as it is like, what's the, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you actually, so I kind of want to talk about like your favorite competitions that you've done. I know you did Wadapalooza on a team this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. so is that, is Wadapalooza probably like your favorite event that you do that you've done? Um, yeah, probably Wadapalooza is definitely the most fun for sure. Like if you want to have like a, like a fun event, then Wadapalooza is the one, um, that you just have to go into it accepting it's going to be messy because <laughs> like it's really messy. Yeah. 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 So, um, if you can get past that, then it's, it's a super fun competition. I've been doing, I've been to Waterpalooza like, and I don't, I think six times, wow. maybe four times. I think six, maybe. I don't remember a lot of times because mm-hmm. it's really fun. Every year I go, I'm like, that was super fun. I want to go back. Um, and yeah, I think the first, I think it was the first year I went, we had this workout. It was like, you do deadlifts and then they have you run down the ramp and jump into the water. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. The barge. And then you climbed up the barge and did handstand pushups and jump back in the water. Um, and it was like, when you did, it was the middle of the night, there was smoke and strobe lights and it was, it was awesome. Like, I just remember like doing handstand pushups and looking back at the crowd and just thinking, this is so cool. Like not very many people get to do this. And it's just a really cool, cool venue and cool place. So yeah, that was like, that was kind of like one of the like most memorable workouts and definitely most memorable like events that I've done. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's, that's one of my bucket lists just to go down there. I mean, I live in Georgia. I might as well, you know, have you never been to Waterpalooza? No, I've been to Miami before. I just never been to Waterpalooza. Like that's always like one of the places that, you know, I, I want to go. Yeah. So. It's just a party. Like it's a lot of fun. Um, Cause there's like 1300 competitors and thousands of spectators, mm-hmm. hundreds of vendors. And it's a crazy weekend. It's always yeah. rain. It rains every year. Just yep. thunder, lightning, craziness. Events always get canceled. They always get changed. You just never know what time you're going to go or do anything. It's just wild. 
It's yeah. like the wild west of fitness up there. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, and I, I was, I was. Like, it's Miami. It's, it's what yeah. it is. Yeah, I, I was watching I was watching it on like the live streams and stuff like that. And I had so much FOMO of like I was like really watching it every single time, like going on Instagram and like checking out the posts and stuff. And I'm like, I was like, gosh, like just I this could have been the year I could have I maybe could have gone. But I'm like, I'm hoping I'm hoping maybe next year we'll see what happens. But I you know, you know, I have an open I have I have a somebody that said, Listen, I got a room for you. You can you can hang sleep in there and yeah. and do whatever. Yeah. So I was like, Okay, see what happens. Long time. Yeah. Very cool. So um we're getting close to the end. Um, so I know I kind of want to talk about your programs too, because I know you have like an engine program and a machine program. Um, so how did you how did you like make those make those up? Um yeah, it's something I just kind of started doing recently. I've been programming for the gym I work at and then just after competing this last year, I took some time off and then coming back into it, just started like keeping it really simple. I would start out just like doing a single lift mm-hmm. and, um, and then just doing some accessory work and then doing a Metcon and calling it a day. That's what I started doing most days. Um, and I kind of really liked it and it was really fun. Um, and then I just thought like, there's a lot of people that, probably want a little bit more than just a normal class workout at the gym, probably mm-hmm. have a, a little bit more time. And there's a bunch of dudes out there that like, they like CrossFit like me, but they also want to be big and they also want to have some muscle and like look fit. Um, and so I thought this is perfect. Like you can do some weightlifting, do some bodybuilding and work on that. You can hit a quick CrossFit workout cause it's fun. Keeps your you know fitness up and, you're in and out of the gym, 90 minutes. And I just knew some people that might be interested. And so I started writing out this program and just sharing with people. So that just started as like barely started that just a few weeks ago. And so hopefully I start to like grow that a little bit. I think it'll be super fun to like start to build some content around it and everything. And then, yeah, the engine program is just like a 12 week cardio kind of based around uh, like machine C2 bike, salt bike. Um, ski row stuff like that it's pretty simple just like 30 40 minutes a, like three or four times a week mm-hmm. so very cool are you looking to do like gymnastics or anything like that or are you just kind of yeah, stick with those two? the goal is kind of build out that program mm-hmm. i would love to be able to have some kind of um work and i guess income that's just online so i can start to i guess like just reach more people because i feel like in the gym, you're pretty limited. Like this is like, you kind of limited the people that walk through the door. So if there's 50 people that walk through the door, like those are the people that you can program for. Mm-hmm. Um, but the world's a big place. So oh, yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that would benefit from some, like some coaching and some programming. And I think I just reach a lot more people than that walk through the, the gym door. So, yeah. So well, I've, I've noticed for, you know, coaching people and stuff like that, um, you know, people say like, Hey, I want to look like you. And yeah. so that's how people want to like start training with you. So, I mean, I mean, I would kind of go that route. I mean, shit, you're jacked. So you might as well, you know, well, use, it, right? you know you, you use it. So, I mean, you could probably get a good amount of like, you know, people following your program too. Yeah. I mean, that's what I tell. I mean, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, look, I have, I know I have good genetics. Like it's just, uh, it's a fact, but I've also I've been training a lot for a long time. Yeah. So it's like a combination of both and everyone can, everyone can optimize what they're given. And so if they, you may not have fantastic, you know, body building type genetics, but you could be super fit and it's just going to take some time. Like it's going to take some work. So, yeah. So, um, asking for a friend. So is the engine workout good for like a six, six guy that weighs about like two fifteen? It's perfect. You crushed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you crushed that. You crushed that training program. Okay, Probably good. She's smashing those machines. Yeah, I I love using machines like the rower. Like it's easy, yeah, okay. you know. Ski. I I so the gym I, I go to now they have a skier and it's like the first time I'm kind of like messing around with it. And man, like one pull, I'm already like pulling like a calorie. Like each pull, yeah. and I'm like, nice, nice. <laughs> this is awesome. awesome. Yeah, and I just got and I I just need to work on the assault bike a little bit more because like I. 
I just got an, I guess got an echo bike and I'm like trying to mess with that. And it's just like, who takes a lot out of you. Yeah. It just is, it's a grind on the echo bike always. Yeah. And it's like stupid heavy too. It's like 220 pounds. You're like, good Lord, like solid steel too. It's just built like a tank. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a brake. I mean, we've been riding echo bikes forever and all you have to do once in a while is like tighten those little bolts. Assault bikes though, they just crumble. They mm -hmm. fall apart under any use. So yeah. Echo yeah. bikes can go for sure. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I was, I was so happy I got it because it was my birth. Like I, I'm, a, I'm old as dirt. So I'm going to be 43 on so Sunday. Old. So, so old, so old, but, uh, but like my wife gave me the echo bike for my birthday present. So I'm like, nice. And I got it like a week before my birthday. So I've just been like messing around with the like early morning working out, like just like warming up before I go to the gym to work out and stuff. And so, yeah, yeah super helpful. Yeah. It's great. Love some, right. love some machines. Yeah. Okay. So now we're getting to like the non rapid fire questions. So, um, do you have, uh, do you have any goals for the rest of the year? I know you kind of talked about it through your program, but like, do you have anything like other personal or like athletic based? Um, kind of my, my main goal is to, for myself mostly, and I would like to be able to share this with other people is just kind of building out like a little bit of a, like almost like a lifestyle program. Mm -hmm. um, so I think so much of my time has been focused on like pushing my, my competitiveness. Um, I think I've left out a lot of just like, all right, do I want to be like fit and healthy when I'm 75? Um, so a little bit more like longevity stuff and just kind of a lot more just mental health things and, um, yeah, just more longevity focused stuff. So I've been like working on uh, my diet a little bit, just trying to like move a little bit away from so much competitive eating to, mm -hmm. I mean, competitive eating, but like, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Eating to be competitive. Yeah. Um, just to like a little bit more healthy, like going for walks, you know, old person stuff. So mm -hmm. I find it's been, it's been nice. It's been helpful. So kind of one of my main goals. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what is your favorite book? Favorite book is probably has been for a long time, the Walking Drum by uh, Lou Lamore. Okay, never heard of that one before. Yeah, the old thick book. Most of his books are like really small, like westerns. Mm -hmm. And this one is, um, anyways, it's awesome, like adventure story. I read it a long time ago and just loved it. So yeah. okay, okay. Uh, what is in your gym bag? I know, I know you, I know you did an advertisement for a, the new bag that you have now. So uh, what is it, and what do you have in there? Yeah, Haven Athletic Bags, pretty cool. They uh, sent me one, so that was really cool of them. And keeps all my stuff organized because I'm just a disaster. So <laughs> um, I always tell people, like, the only thing you need, like, I would work out in, I would work out in, like, chucks and jean shorts as long as I have uh, grips. If I have gymnastics grips, then I'm good. Mm -hmm. My main, my main go-to thing. That, a belt, and... Uh, uh, Evo jump rope. Those are like pretty low maintenance. I don't have knee sleeves. Um, yeah, I don't like everything else is just kind of extra once in a while, but those things are like go-to items. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I've been watching your, your store, like your Instagram post and like, why don't you, I, you never wear knee sleeves and like, what's the whole reason yeah, for you? I you can't breathe. That's the main thing I've, I wore knee sleeves one time and, or a couple of times and I just feel like I can't breathe. I guess I breathe through my knees or something, but okay. I get like claustrophobic. So interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I, didn't wear, I didn't wear like lifters until just a few years ago. And uh, I didn't, I just hate wearing knee sleeves, but yeah. Yeah. I, I just started pick wearing lifters like a couple of years ago, but I think my main thing is like, I don't want to rely on them on like every single big lift. Yeah. So right. I, I just want to wear like regular sneakers while I do work. Like when I do heavy lifts, like once in a while, just so I can be like, okay, if I'm in a workout, you know, or, or like the open, they have like a heavy lift and I'm wearing sneakers. I can, I can handle it. Yeah, you can just jump in and hit it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so this one's going to go a little deep. Um, let's just say you're on your deathbed and you have everyone, all your friends and family around you. How do you like, how do you want people to know you as? Oh man. Um, I think, uh, just, 
I would like to be known for just doing what I doing what I love doing mm-hmm. and like kind of making that the focus of my life and hopefully that that can like help some other people you know try to do what they love whether like you're going to be rich or not or whether you're going to have all the things you want exactly like you want them you spent your time doing something that you actually really enjoyed doing so yeah. awesome awesome Lo- love it love it um so where can people reach out to you if they have any questions with like your programming or if they want to like you know hop into your gym and you know try to outflex you or anything like that or yeah for sure come on down to redondo beach california and uh jump into the gym there i coach at next level crossfit and uh and paradiso crossfit in culver city so great places to work out yeah the best place to reach me on it's the only place i'm really on is instagram like i can't handle any other i've tried <laughs> tried tiktok i think for a day and oh quit. I, I, I had to get rid of it too. I just couldn't handle it too much. Too much. Too much. Yeah. Instagram is too much, but uh, yeah, just DM me on Instagram and I'll, I'll answer you back at some point. I'm terrible at answering messages or getting back to people, but I'll get to you sometime. Awesome. Sure. Well, 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 thank you for, you know, coming on to my show and like, you know, learning a little bit more about you, which is, which is awesome because I like, you know, the people that I follow, I want to get to know them a little bit more and like maybe that all the people that follow you got a chance to, you know, understand how you take and what you're all about yeah hopefully there's like a little little story behind behind it all so yeah I, thanks for having me on it's super fun having a having a good conversation it was good yeah appreciate it